Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Workis, and today I sit down with Alinka Rutkowska, who's the founder and CEO of Leaders Press. I brought Alinka on the call today to talk about two things. The first thing is how to outsource your book. So let's say you want to write and publish a book, but you're not a great writer, or maybe you're a slow writer like me, but you'd still like a book and you'd like to get it out there. Well, Alinka at Leaders Press, that's exactly what she does. And so she kind of breaks down the process for us of how to properly outsource your book if you'd like to do that. And the second thing we tackle is how to hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Uh, I've done a number of bestseller launches, including one Wall Street Journal bestseller in the past, but I'm always curious of different authors and publishers' takes and strategies for achieving these same results. And Alinka was able to do it by writing a book with several of the co-authors and then having all of them promote and market the book at the same time. And they were able to generate enough traffic, enough sales uh, to hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, which is pretty cool. So we kind of break down her strategy for that, what worked, what didn't, uh, and, and basically some practical and hopefully pragmatic tips on what you can do to implement for your own launch, regardless if you're even you know shooting for the Wall Street Journal bestseller. And even if you're just an independent or solo author, though I will say that was obviously a critical aspect of her strategy. So the idea of getting collaborators, I'm a big fan of. And so I like this strategy a lot. All right. So I don't want to spoil the rest of the conversation. We get into a lot of stuff and I really think you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please make sure to leave a rating review on iTunes. Just go to tomworkus.com slash iTunes and leave an honest rating review. It helps to spread the word. Thank you in advance for your support. Without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. So Alinka, let's start at the beginning. I want to talk about how you outsource books and kind of what you're doing with Leaders Press. And I definitely want to touch on the Wall Street Journal uh, bestseller that you that you wrote, published, launched. But before that, how did you get into this space of writing, self-publishing, and now kind of starting your own publishing imprint? Mm-hmm. Great question, Tom. Well, I come from the corporate world. So I was always a driven business person and I thought that I would end up climbing the corporate ladder. But at a certain point, I just felt like the company wasn't offering what I wanted to do. And I managed to leave. And actually, I got a golden parachute when I was leaving. So I had a year and a half uh, buffer to you know see what I'm going to do with my life. Uh, so a normal person would probably go ahead and uh, you know, start a business with that money. Whereas I decided to spend it all traveling around the world and then go back to the corporate world possibly. Uh, but you know, during a year, things change a lot. So I decided to reinvent myself and I reinvented myself through books. So I did my first book, uh, which was surprisingly a big success. Surprisingly, because many authors don't experience the ty- that type of success when they publish their first book. But I think it was a mix of my marketing and business background. I, you know, I studied marketing and uh, I worked in marketing in the corporate world. Some trial and error and some luck for sure. So um, you know, when I published that book, I was actually making more from the royalties than I was in my corporate job, which is also very unusual. And it's naive to think right now that you could leave your corporate job and live off of royalties uh, of just one book. But that's what happened to me. And that was really uh, the push I needed to jump into this. 
Um, so that's pretty much the story, you know, corporate world and wanting to do something more meaningful than just selling domestic appliances. <laughs> what was the time period for this? When that book, when you, when you, when you released and launched that first book? Uh, that was the same year. I, that was the same year when I, I left the company, uh, when the book was out. So, and then I continued with the, with books. So that was also one reason why I said, you know, I don't, I don't need you guys. <laughs> right. And what, what year was that though, for context? Cause I'm trying to think that in terms of Amazon. 2010. 10. Okay. So that was pretty early on in the, um, kind of, cause you published on Amazon, right? So that would have been kind yeah. of early on that platform early ish. I mean, not like necessarily the first person on the platform, but I feel like, I feel like KDP was kind of in its infancy still in 2010. Was that uh, about right? I can't, I can't, it's just, yeah, yeah, I came so I later, so much later. I, I'm just kind of curious yeah. about that. Uh, well, I remember a colleague, um, knew that I was writing a book and I said, well, I want to see how I can publish it. If I should submit it somewhere. And he told me, well, you know, this guy, Tim Ferriss, his name is Tim Ferriss. He does a lot of crazy things, becomes number one in, in you know, whatever he does. And he just self-published a book. You can do it. And I was like, I can do it. I don't need to ask anybody for permission. That was the perfect thing for me because being entrepreneurial, you know, wasting two years of your life to submit to agents and then wait for publishers to get it. Um, that was just out of the question. So I jumped mm. on the self-publishing model and I really loved it. And I loved the freedom and I couldn't imagine how somebody would even want a, a, a traditional publishing deal. Now I understand that there are uh, perks, you know, and for some people it's the dream of their life to be traditionally published. Uh, but you know, that wasn't a good fit for me. Uh, so I loved it. You know, it gave me the entrepreneurial bits that I wanted and, uh, you know, it gave me, it gave me the freedom to do everything the way I wanted to do. So it was a great, a great moment, a great time and a great way for me to pivot from what I was doing. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, I think around that time period, maybe a little bit after, that's actually when I first got into KDP kind of on the side. And I was actually just, just to test the waters with it was like taking those like, like really, really old books that were part of the public domain and publishing them just to kind of get my bearings. They ended up kind of like eradicating that, that piece of, of Amazon, but it was still kind of fun to kind of be in it. Um, you know, at that ground floor, I'm curious what your take is on it now. Um, you know, this many, you know, eight, nine, almost a decade later, how has it changed? Like, like the results you got when you first launched that book, is that, that's pretty rare these days. Um, is that the yeah. case? Would you say that it's gotten more competitive? And then if it has, uh, what do you see as like kind of the opportunities for people who are, you know, self-publishing or writing or publishing a book? Well, it, it is rare. And I think you're right. I mean, there were fewer books. It was, it wasn't as competitive. Um, you know, for me also, it wasn't, I didn't have a business vision at the time. It was really a passion project. So my, right. you know, my, my business right now, Leaders Press and helping entrepreneurs do books. You know, we're working with uh, the co-founder of DHL. We're interviewing him to get his book out. So it's just almost um, you know, unbelievable if, I, if my... You know, 10 years younger self thinks about what I'm doing right now uh, because it was never, I didn't have this vision, you know, or this end goal. There are some people who, who have it, you know, right at the start. 
and um, I, I think it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And then they work towards it. But for me, it was really just an evolving passion. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I had the buffer. I had the, you know, one year and a half, um, you know, money for one year, for, for a one year and a half, you know, to, to live on. So I wasn't particularly uh, stressed out about that. Uh, but, um, I'm really happy that it was really, you know, just the, the, the passion. Um, so now, you know, when, it, when somebody says, uh, you know, I work, I work at home, my office is at home, I have little children. And, uh, when they're at home, my husband says, you know, be quiet because mommy's working. And I almost feel offended because I don't feel like I'm working. Like now he would be saying to them, be quiet because mommy's working. To me, this doesn't feel like work. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. So, uh, so it's, it's, um, where, where where I'm getting at is that many, when, many authors or entrepreneurs that I publish now through, through my hybrids publishing company, um, they want a lead generation tool. So they don't publish it in order to make, you know, money off of the royalties. The royal, the royalties are, uh, insignificant. What they need is exposure and getting into the hands of prospects. And then uh, and on the back end is where they make uh, money. And potentially, these can be millions of dollars. Right now, we, we just published uh, an author. Um, the book is called Disruptive Leadership. He's doing one um, challenging project after another, borderline crazy. And uh, he's using the book to uh, put together several million dollars for, for a project that he's doing. So he enters a meeting, gives the book to the investors. They get to know him. And it's a fantastic icebreaker. He's not just, you know, another um, person looking for investors. He's actually somebody that not only leaves a business card, but leaves a book. So he, you know, they will remember him. Uh, he will be the one that stands out. So uh, right now... Uh, you know, I focus on doing business, books as business tools. Whereas back then, um, I was looking more at royalties. So, you know, it depends a lot on what your goals are. Um, it's one thing to be an author who lives completely off of royalties. Um, and it's really difficult to, um, you know, to, to do that, to, to live completely off your writing. You have to be a phenomenal fiction author with phenomenal marketing. Almost all nonfiction authors have a business or, you know, they write their nonfiction book uh, with, because they want to leave a legacy piece because, you know, they want to share their wisdom. So they've built the business and now they feel like, like they want to give back or they're looking to generate leads. So, you know, I've always been in business and I love doing these types of books. I just love business books. That's why I chose that niche. Um, but I think if you wanted to do fiction books, it was much easier several years ago, but even, even though it doesn't matter because, um, you can still win this game when you have the knowledge, even though the market is larger, um, you know, you, you can still come up with a unique selling proposition and position yourself as somebody much more interesting, uh, than the person next to you. So there are ways to come up with that. And we do that for every book that we publish. What do you find? Uh, well, actually, before I get into the marketing side of things, let's, let's zoom in on the outsource piece. That is something I want to talk about. Um, I'm kind of curious, like 
for those busy professionals or somebody who is interested in writing a book, but it's like one of those things where it's like, how do I find the time to sit down and actually write it? So somebody who has the ideas, maybe even the notes, but really struggles on the writing piece. I think this notion of like outsourcing sounds really compelling. It also is one of those things that kind of makes me nervous. I know personally, I've been through a number of writers and it's definitely hit or miss. And a lot of times it's a miss. Um, now, I, obviously, that's where I think, you know, what, where you guys come in with Leaders Press and stuff like that. But just walk me through this process. Like, what do people need to look out for if they, wanna, if they want to outsource a project like this? What are the things they need to have lined up in a row? What should they expect? How should it kind of flow for them? Right. Well, you know, I put together this book called Outsource Your Book, uh, where I wrote about the 17 steps necessary to create a best-selling business book. So if you want to outsource each of the 17 steps, then you really become a project manager of your book and you have to go into each step and find out people to, to do that. Like the first, the first step is to position the book correctly. So how, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that authors make is that they write a book that comes from their heart, you know, it flows from their heart, and then they publish, um, you know, this book that that they poured so much love into. The problem is that the market might not be interested at all in this book. And now, if somebody wants to do that, write that, you know, heart book, that's fine. But you know, they shouldn't expect to make any sales off of it. Uh, just like a company, you know, does market research before they ever publish, before they ever launch a product. In the same way, we do market research, um, Amazon research, before we come up with the positioning of the book. So, in order to do that, you really have to have extensive knowledge of of the market uh, if you want to do it yourself. If not, you need to find that person who will who will who will be able to position your book for you. So then again. Um, you need to find several individuals and see if they can do that. Um, so that's a job is in itself. It's like becoming the headhunter now to find the person who will, who will do it. Although in Outsource Your Book, I actually give out links to where you can outsource every, every piece. But there are 17 of these pieces. So, you know, in the end, uh, what I say there, I say that there are basically two ways to outsource your book. Either you outsource every single step and there are 17 or you, uh, we see if we're a good fit to work together and then we can take care of the whole project and, and, uh, you know, position your book, uh, in, in, interview the author, ghost write the book, get it edited, publish it and launch to a seller. Uh, each of the books that we launch hits number one Amazon bestseller in its category. So we have a really good um, uh, CV, <laughs> if you will, here. And um, then you can completely get it off your plate. You, all you have to do is come up uh, to speak uh, at about 12 interviews, and then we, we take care of the rest. And you know, I'll tell you, I have, I have a little um, uh, reminder on my calendar. I like to put everything, you know, my to-do list on my calendar. And the first item that I have right on top is a question which says, can I delegate this? So when I look at a task that, you know, I put on my list and I'm supposed to do it, I first ask myself, can I delegate this? And if, it, and if I can delegate it to somebody in my team, then I go ahead and send that task to them. 
you know, and sometimes it's a 15 minute thing that I could do, but it just takes my attention away from, you know, from strategy, from thinking about the big picture, from, um, from basically leading the orchestra, you know, uh, why should I put myself in the shoes of, of the musicians where I should be, you know, taking care of the whole orchestra. So I think that's, you know, that's the attitude. If you're outsourcing, it makes sense to, uh, to outsource the whole project. So here's a question I have though, if I want to, I want to zoom in specifically, I, I can't obviously disagree with that, 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 that all makes sense to me, but on the writing side, uh, when it comes to, uh, kind of outsourcing the writing, it's one of those things where like outsourcing everything else, design, formatting, whatever, that all is usually comes pretty intuitive to intuitively to people, unless you're like a, you know, you're a designer or you, you do that. Um, but for a lot of people who are thinking about writing a book, the writing is the one piece of the the pie that they think they can actually do and or should be doing. So there's like always kind of some um, friction there. I know what, what do you find? Um, like, I, and so, so actually, no, here, here's my question where, and where I'm going with this is that there's obviously the friction on the handoff, but let's just assume somebody can get over that. What I've experienced is that sometimes like, um, you know, varying degrees of skills with ghostwriters and their ability to, to kind of like, take what I'm saying and put it into a written format that is actually compelling and well-written because there's just varying degrees of skills. So I'm kind of curious, what should somebody expect? Like how, how deep does this go? Like in terms of like the comprehension, just from an interview, like, can you really turn this into a book that actually reads like it was, you know, written by a professional or is it going to read like kind of a transcript? Uh, I guess is honestly would be my question. And for people who are considering a format like this, where it's like kind of interview based, like how do you avoid it kind of coming off, like sounding like a show notes to a podcast episode or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the step two is the outline. So before we get into the interviews, we want to work uh, on a framework. So we ask the author, the entrepreneur, if they have a framework in mind and uh, very often they do. So we've had people who come to us, uh, you know, with a ready outline. In case of the founder of DHL, he came to us with a mind map, which was huge. But we took that mind map and put it into an outline. And now we're executing um, the outline. As we're interviewing, that gets ghostwritten. Um, and then we actually don't have the ghostwriters interview. We have interviewers or editors who interview that gets transcribed and then the ghostwriter works with the outline and with the transcripts. So, um, that's how they create the book. You know, the transcripts for them are, that's just raw material. So in the book, you know, you, unless you know that it was created this way, you're never really going to be able to figure that out. But that's because we have a you know team in place and we, and we've, um, done it successfully and launched, we've launched each book to bestseller status. And I think in your question, you're also asking, you know, how uh, are we able to make sure that we deliver uh, quality? Um, so, uh, you know, all the ghostwriters that we're working with right now have been vetted. And the way I do it is, um, you know, I, for, I might ask three new ghostwriters that I'm considering working with to rewrite a transcript. And it's the same transcript. And then, you know, we decide, I decide, um, the other team members and the author whose transcript we're, um, working on, 
will choose one of the best transcripts. So, uh, you know, this is how we're able to pick the best ghostwriters and then they stay with us. Yeah. And so talk, talk me through this, this process of, um, the launch too, because I know you did a wall street journal bestseller and it was effectively self-published. Right. And so that's kind of something that I know a lot of people have aspirations to achieve, say, you know, hit one of those kind of major bestseller lists, but sometimes it feels like it's impossible if you're self-publishing and doing something like this. So, you know, if somebody was going through, whether it was your own, you know, leaders press to launch, you know, market or to publish a book or, and, um, you know, or, or even self-published, what are the, like, how do, what, how do they have to actually set it up to be able to achieve those results? Like what's the secret to it, um, to, to achieving those results if you're self-published? Well, it's planning. <laughs> um, it's all in the planning and in the execution. So, uh, first of all, you need to understand the lists and how the lists work. For example, USA Today and Wall Street Journal uh, are lists that uh, rank their books based on the number of sales. Whereas the US, whereas Wall, uh, New York Times, New York Times is not really a bestseller rank. It's really editorial, ed- editorial opinion, really, because uh, even if you hit the number of sales that um, is required, they can exclude you. And that's what happened with us. So, um, you know, on the, on the, on the wall street journal list, I think we were number, number six and the book that was number seven right after us hit the New York times list, whereas we did not. So we had more sales than them, but you know, since it's curated, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't show our book on the list. So now you can actually doubt whether it really matters as a bestseller list if they don't list books that actually have the sales. So that's one thing to consider. Um, Another thing is um, to know what the requirements are. So our goal was to hit the USA Today list. Um, You know, when I first started dreaming up that goal, I wanted to understand exactly what the requirements were. So the requirements to get onto USA Today are around it's not guaranteed because it depends on how many books are uh launching that week and what their sales are but around six thousand sales during launch week and this is important pre-orders count so you could set up a three-month pre-order period and all those pre-orders that you accumulate during those three months they will count uh, towards the launch week only u.s sales count so even if you sell, uh, you know, in other countries, only U.S. sales count for the USA Today list. 500 of the sales have to be on a platform other than Amazon. So that's important too. Amazon has a program called KDP Select. So if you want to be in that program, um, you will not hit the USA Today list because that means that you're exclusive with Amazon. So you cannot be exclusive with Amazon if you want to hit the list. It has to be a paid book. So at least 99 cents, you know, you can't do it with just downloads of a free book. And it can be either a solo book or it can be a box set. So those were the requirements. And, you know, now that I knew what the, requirement, what the requirements were, I started thinking what would be the easiest way to hit them. So uh, basically, you know, 6,000 sales in one week, well, that's a lot, you know, 
I had sold um, more than a hundred thousand books before, but not in one week. Um, so, you know, that's a big number to sell in just one week. So I thought, well, then how, how could we spread it out? So, um, you know, the pre-order period was, you know, immediately, we immediately took it into account. We really needed to get this out in, you know, three months or more because then that divides the number of sales you have to, you have to have in a, you know, in, in that time. And another thing was, I thought, you know, why do it alone when, you know, uh, I could uh, make a collaborative project out of it. So I invited a bunch of authors, um, author influencers in the publisher space who I knew had lists um, that were significant in size. And um, that resulted, resulted in 24 of us being part of Writing Grow Rich. And then we put together a plan. Um, actually, we put together a requirement. Requirements. First, I put together requirements for people to participate. So they to participate, people had to confirm uh, and commit to mailing. Uh, and there were uh, about, I don't know, seven or 10 dates that we would have to mail big time. So I needed that in writing, that people would mail. So that was a big commitment. And some people dropped off. Uh, you know, they said they have other things planned. That's not a priority. Um, so, you know, we, we ended up having 24 who committed. Then we had a budget for ad spend as well. So there was that, that people had to um, participate in. And that was pretty much it. Everybody contributed a chapter. Um, and we, and then we were off to the races. So it was a pretty stressful three or four months, you know, when we didn't know if in the end we would make it or, or not. But we did. <laughs> That's awesome, and and so it's so it's so a big piece of that. Then um, was like I mean, there's a lot you just gave, but in terms of like if if I were to zoom in on the the piece that you think moved the puzzle, um, you know, or to kind of the, the pieces that really kind of moved moved it forward that got you the results. One was partnerships. The second thing was kind of concerted marketing campaigns to generate mm -hmm. um, pre-sales, right? And then kind of spreading out the pre-sales across mm -hmm. multiple yeah, platforms. Yeah, but also not too many because then you dilute the sales. You know, if it's available on all the platforms, then you might not reach that minimum 500 on the second platform, the second meaning not on Amazon. So ideally, you would want to or offer the book on Amazon and one other platform, such as for us, it was iBooks that worked. How did, in that context, how, uh, you know, was it, was, was it, was it possible for you to keep a finger on the pulse during that pre-order? Did you know the orders you were at kind of, and could you gauge it? Um, like how much of that was visible or invisible to you using those platforms? It was all visible because I could see all the pre-orders. So I was, yeah, I kept track of that. We had a Facebook group every day we were monitoring, you know, uh, where we were ranking wise, how many sales we had. Uh, one thing to keep into consideration is that, um, you know, some of the people who pre-order, uh, they're actually charged the day that the book is launched. So some of these people might have credit cards that expire and, and that pre-order will not end up being a sale. So you need more pre-orders, you know, than you think. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Very interesting. So, okay. 
So we've, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I, I guess the, the other thing I kind of want to touch on was just with, uh, with what you're doing with leaders press, um, you know, tell me a little bit about kind of where you see this going. It's kind of just like with, with what you're doing here, because, um, I think it's kind of interesting and, and I know it's kind of, it's a somewhat new project for you, but it seems like it's growing really well. Um, you have obviously the credibility and, and to back it up, but where do you see this going in the future and, and what's your focus with that? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a question that I ask myself as well. Um, you know, it already is the result of, uh, you know, several things that I've been doing in the past because I come from the book marketing world. So my superpower, my superpower uh, has always been marketing. And then I went to a mastermind uh, a few years ago where, where my mentor asked me, well, what can be the highest value that you deliver to, to people? And I thought, you know, if I help them do everything from scratch, because, um, you know, as a marketing expert, I was getting a lot of books that were just not positioned, you know, they were positioned wrong. There was no market or there was no unique selling proposition. And I thought if I could just help them from the very beginning and do that, you know, then put together a team to execute the writing and then come back into the launch, that would really be the you know, highest value I could deliver. And then we came up with the niche, you know, with our unique selling proposition. And since I have a business background, we really like business books. You know, it was um, sort of natural that we would choose business. And so uh, now I, I, I really want to grow Leaders Press. So uh, what I would like to happen is, you know, Leaders Press to be the obvious choice for an entrepreneur who wants to get their book out, who wants to outsource their book. You know, I don't really want people to be, uh, you know, searching or, or, you know, or, or trying to find an answer for this question. I just want them to have it sort of ingrained in their mind that, oh, I need a business book, Leaders Press. That's where I'm going. So, you know, we've had some great wins. Uh, Riley Gruerich was published by Leaders Press. So we can call ourselves a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling press. Um, you know, uh, our one of the authors that we're working with right now is Po Chung. He's the co-founder of DHL. So he's the celebrity entrepreneur that we're working with. Uh, you know, everybody else that we've worked with, they are phenomenal CEOs, um, you know, entrepreneurs. Everybody's a CEO, actually, for these business books that we've been doing. You know, that, that's, um, that's where we specialize. And, and uh, I really like what we know what we've managed to put together. I have a great flexible team. I'm doing what I love. Um, you know, all our authors are bestsellers. They're um, growing their business on the back end. So they're very happy. You know, I just got a, we did a book for the uh, number one outdoor kitchen producer in the U.S., Bull, Bull Outdoor Products. Um, the CEO was so happy that when, <laughs> That's cool. when I told him that I just moved and now I have a backyard, he sent me their barbecue to Italy. So now I have this monster, <laughs> beautiful monster in my backyard, but you know, uh, in Europe, we don't, things are not so big <laughs> as in the U S. So, you know, all our guests who come and they see it, they're really impressed by they're like, where did you get that from? And, um, it really makes me happy when I can say that, you know, um, we just had such a happy client that he sent me, he sent me this 
this American grill over to Italy. So, you know, just delighting, delighting seals like that with books that really perform, um, you know, that, that's what I want to do. And of course I have some, uh, you know, financial targets as well. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I'm, you know, pretty close to where I want to be. And, uh, you know, I want to keep the high quality, uh, not necessarily doing huge volume, but rather working on projects that we're uh, super excited about and, you know, finding that right fit, positioning the, the book in a way that we know that it will hit the bestseller status. So being able to basically choose and, 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 you know, and, and sometimes saying no when, you know, the book is not a good fit. So being in that position and just doing a great job, that's, that's where I wanted to go. I love it. And that's a great story. I think that's, that's one of the most fun pieces of like the work we get to do as publishers and entrepreneurs and, you know, creators is, is just helping other people, you know, just achieve their goals, just in, in helping out clients, you know, being that, that person that can serve them in just an incredible way uh, and, and really create that value for them. I mean, what a great story and just kind of a testament to what you're doing. And, and again, something that I, I think is like, really underappreciated in, 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 or, or something that, that doesn't, that people don't think a lot about in terms of like, I think, uh, you know, it's not the stuff that's usually spotlighted a lot, but I think just customer success, client success, like satisfaction, that kind of stuff is so critical. And it is actually like, it feels so good. And then of course, conversely, like, you know, um, it's not so good when it, things don't pan out, but it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's such a great feeling when you just crush it for a client. So uh, this is awesome. I link, I'm very excited for everything you have going on. Where can people reach out to find you and connect with you if they're interested in learning more about what you guys are doing? Sure. Well, the best place to go to is leaderspress.com. There's a link for you to go and get a copy of outsource your book. And uh, we also have another freebie that you can get bestseller creation secrets for leaders. So all those goodies are on leaderspress.com. Awesome. Well, Linka, thank you so much for being on the trenches. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Tom. I had a lot, I had a great time. Awesome. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want? Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're something like that, right? And you love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed, working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14-hour days routinely after going full-time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone, I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my eBooks, eCourses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth, 
And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, et cetera, I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, and more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually, replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business. And until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it. Because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort, thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding, is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond. And the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you could find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. 
Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing, or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Kerry and the life he's living, the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, and profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.